Hey, this is the Commander Cook Podcast, episode 67. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Here we can continue the arc of the Planeswalker by beating Wizards to the Punch with the Lord Windgrace deck. We hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another Whirlwind Adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole ton is going down. Our contests and auctions march steadily onward. As and upward. And upward, indeed. Sorry I interrupted you. No worries. And we are going to continue our arc of the Planeswalker by finally beating those bastards at Watsi to the punch and doing Lord Windgrace before they release him for next month's Commander products. <sighs> yeah. They steal our Planeswalker. They steal our theme song. What are they going to steal next? I feel like we have a mole in CCO Nation. And they work for Watsi, and they oh. just want all of our ideas, but they don't want to pay us any money. Can you imagine? Yeah, I just imagined it just <laughs> yeah. now, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Dang. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Watsi's stealing our guy, our Lord Windgrace. They released the picture of Lord Windgrace in the art for Dominaria, and all the thing with the Planeswalkers being, maybe being commanders in the in the 2018 Planeswalker decks actually gave us an idea for our next arc. Yes, it did. So we're going to we're gonna beat them at their own game again. Oh, yeah. Little spoiler. We're not going to tell you what that means, but it'll be good. It'll be funny, and I, I, I think it'll be entertaining. It's going to be awesome, yeah. Social media coordinates? Social media coordinates. We are a CCO podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this list, next week's list, last week's list, and any other list that we talk about throughout the course of the show. We are commandercookout at gmail.com. That's you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions, planeswalkers you'd like to see included in this arc, but no nudes. We actually got planeswalker nudes. Somebody drew, I think it was a Johnny on Twitter, sent it to us, put a little like, it was like a little Lego treasure box or something over his junk. I'm down with that. We did say that that would be okay, as long as there's no big throbbing cocks and we didn't get one, so I'm down with it. I'm nodding in approval. Excellent. All right. We are also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Patreon, EDHREC.com, Podomatic, where we are number two right on the heels of those scrapbooking ladies. We hit two, everybody. CCO Nation, big shout out. Yeah, thank you very much. And we are also Commander Cookout on the unofficial official home of Commander Cookout Podcast, FlipsideGaming.com. Good fade out. Thanks. <laughs> Good fade out. Yeah. Flipsidegaming.com, where you go, use promo code CCOFU, all letters, 10% off your store order, your order store wide. Did I say it right? I think so. You can get cards, you can get deck boxes, dice, play mats, whole thing. And nope. we are doing an order. I know we mentioned doing an order last week, but I was at the lake all week, so you and Smitty and I didn't meet up to order yet. Yeah, it takes a long time to build those orders, but totally worth it. It only takes us a long time to build orders. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Anyways, we were checking out Flipside Gaming. They had everything that we wanted. I wanted Battle Bond singles. Regna and Krav, I think they're good. Of course they're good. Battle Bond was full of good stuff. Okay, well, go to Flipside Gaming and buy it there. Absolutely. 10% off your whole order. Yeah. If you need more information about the promo code or Flipside Gaming, you can also check out the official home of Commander Cookout Podcast, CommanderCookout.com, which is super cool. So awesome. Yeah. Um, mini shout out. Me? Okay. Mini shout out to everybody who we posted that we launched CommanderCookout.com on Facebook. Bunch of Facebook commenters. Yeah. F those guys. Crappy podcast. Crappy website. F those guys. Who does a website anymore? Yeah, bunch of trash talkers. Yeah, we do. Dinks. And we're the best. 
So anti shout out to you. Yes. How about real shout outs? Real shout outs? We have those still? Shout out to Yeah, yeah, we haven't in a little while. But lots of stuff was pre recorded. Shout out to everybody who's bid on Wedge's auction. Yes, thank you very much. I'm sure Wedge also appreciates it. Uh actually his wife commented on our Facebook auction uh-huh. to say a big thank you. Means a lot. Oh, that's cool. So, CCO Nation, you're doing a good job. Wedges Auctions, the first two cards, the signed foil peel Atraxa, that auction ends 10 p.m. Central Time, the day this episode airs. So, July 10th. So, if you're listening to this and it's still July 10th, go to the Facebook page, like it, share it, and or bid. Yeah. Or all three. I suppose that's what and or means. The next one, the at Psycho Sebi hand-drawn Atraxa token also ends July 10th, 10 p.m. Central Time. That would be Saskatchewan time. Uh, no, we are on Saskatchewan time. We are not Central Time. We are our own thing. Okay, then it ends our time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. We're at, yeah, we're on Central or Mountain right now. I'm not exactly sure which one. Somebody was telling me something about Central Standard Time because we don't change. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just go to the Facebook, check it out. Like it, share it, and or bid. Yes. Speaking of and oring, the next auction for Wedge, and this one's sick. I think by this time everybody's seen it because it got some shares from other podcasters that are involved in the auction and the promo for helping Wedge out. The Skuma Alters Soul Ring. Super Sexy Soul Ring. Super Sexy Soul Ring. Alliteration is cool. Welcome to Commander Cookout, where we do alliteration all the ah, time. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Sage of Skuma Alters tells me it's part of a super, and I posted this everywhere because I think it's super cool, ultra-rare, ultra-exclusive, once-per-year pink series. Oh, wow. Yeah, like he's only going to do a pink card once per year. And here it is for yeah. auction on our page. Now, I didn't specifically ask him because I didn't want to promo too much of his stuff for him. There might be another pink card for Black Friday this year. Um, so there might be two in 2018. But after that, he said one a year. And I think that's so awesome that he kicked off that series because he's like a like a legit artist. His art is like in galleries and stuff. Like he's big time. He kicked it off for us and for Wedge. Yeah. And... And for all of the other content creators involved, you got like the Commander and Guys, Commander Brew Guys, Legendary Creature, CMDR Central, Brothers War. Everybody who's involved in Attraxable is is part of this. And we're happy that everybody's taking part and, and getting some money for Wedge because it's a good thing. It's a good cause for a good guy. If you like bid, if you bid, you can make a donation directly to Wedge's GoFundMe in your own name. Send us a screenshot or some confirmation that you've contributed. And we'll send you the cards. Or if you'd like us to uh, to donate it for you on behalf of all of CCO Nation, you can PayPal transfer us the money. We do have commandercookout at gmail.com PayPal account set up. And we can do it that way. And then it looks like all of CCO Nation is contributing because really that's what it's turning into. Like yeah. thousands of people are laying eyes on this because of the listeners of, of all of these podcasts that I just mentioned. So super cool. Big shout out. Another perk to liking, sharing, contributing, voting, bidding is you're entered into this ARC's super cool giveaway, which is for a pair of 
the Kenrith twins. Not a pair of them, meaning two, but you get one of each of the Kenrith twins. <laughs> yeah, English. Specifically English when we're sending you things. <laughs> one of each of the Kenriths, Rowan and Will. Yes. William? Will. I think it's just Will. Nah, eh, seems too... He's actually good, hey? He is good. They're both actually pretty good, and together they are very, very good. I see Will specifically in lots of lists now that I'm looking at online, and some competitive lists. Like, he makes your stuff cost less mana. It's that's like the most. Good. That's a, that's like the most powerful thing you can do in EDH. Just make your sorceries and instants cost less. Yeah, it's probably good in storm decks. It's probably good in most decks, especially storm decks. Yeah. Yeah. Head to our Facebook page, like, share posts, like Commander Cookout, follow us on Twitter, and or any sort of kind of interactions with the auctions that we just mentioned get you entered. We are giving those away at the end of. Arc of Planeswalker. Yes, the end of the arc, which is in... A th- couple more weeks. I think till the end of July is what we said. I think so, yeah. So we'll have a few more episodes here. This one and a couple more at least. And then we'll be giving those away. So you still have time to get in, get entered, check out all those auctions. Even if you don't really want to contribute monetarily, you can definitely share those out and, you know, just... That actually helps us as well, right? Yeah. It's a... Right. Help cool. spread the word of CCO Nation, and we appreciate it. So thanks all y'all for interacting with us and uh, helping out Wedge and, of course, uh, Ryan and I. You mentioned CCO Nation again. I think we have some funny nicknames this week. Oh, I love funny nicknames. <laughs> Shout out and funny nickname too. How should I say it? The way that it's spelt or the way that he told me to say it? Like the way that it's phonetically pronounced. Obviously the way that it's spelt. Brian Gadzinski. And in, in, yeah. in brackets, it's Gajinski. What? I don't know what the heck that's about. Is but... he lying to us? I've never heard Gajinski in my life. Gajinski. I kind of just like that. But that's how you actually say it, so we can't we can't make that be it. We can't? And I'm never going to remember Gajinski. I'm <laughs> just not. i got to like, write it on the wall in here. Even when we say it like that, Gajinski. You still don't remember it? Sounds like a vampire. Yeah, okay. Like you should be counting balloons or something. <laughs> how many balloons do you have, Gajinski? <laughs> One. Ah, 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 ah. Excellent. Okay. Brian Gajinski. Shout out to George Wall. George Wall. What that is. Oh, up there. That's on top of the, of the hotel. That's about 15 stories in the air. Look at that. That's the wall. Maybe the wall will choke Slam Hogan That's from the, the top wall, of the brother. hotel. Say wall. If you want some, come get some. I think that would be appropriate because he's told me in the past that he's like six foot seven. That's practically 15 stories tall. Basically, yeah. And if he was standing on top of a hotel, I'd be scared of him. Mm, I think people are probably scared of him anyways. It's not just every day you see somebody who's like 15 stories tall. Yeah, that's true. Also, uh, well, shout out to him for for the, the patronosity, but also shout out for him sending us the foil peel Atraxa. Hey, yeah. Yeah, that was him. That's Dope. Like a significant thing. Yes, it is. Double shout out. Yes, thanks, man. Moving on. Moving along. Shout out to Michael Warren. That's a real f- f- plain name. Yeah. I almost lost my cool there. <laughs> <laughs> More like Michael Boren. <laughs> oh, that was good. Yep. I like that one. Shout out to him. I think he actually bid on the soul ring, too. Wow. Good on him. Good on you, dude. Shout out to Jeremy. I want to say Grubba, because I was friends with a guy in elementary school that had the same last name, and we called him Grubba. But it also might be Gribas, might be Gribbas. 
I work be with a, it might be a silent S. Like, is he French? I don't know what's going. On. I don't know. I don't know. I work with a guy named Gribba. G R something 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 something. Do we call him Grubber? Yeah, we do. Well, that sounds. I like Grubber. Like we shouldn't Google that. Jeremy Definitely. Grubber. Yeah, I like it. Got it. Shout out to all of you chumps. Yeah. Anti shout out too. Vodka that I drank last night. What? Yeah. What I said was what it was. What? Is it vodka with tequila in it? No, it's vodka and tequila mixed, and it comes in a bottle with a skull on it. And I drank it out of a mason jar. Huh. Yeah. Did you mix it with anything? Nope. What the hell's the matter with you? It was mixed with itself. <laughs> it was 41 degrees here, man. you got to keep yourself hydrated. And part of that is by using mix in your drinks so you don't get dehydrated. Oh, no, I was hydrated last night, trust me. <laughs> Anti-shout-out to Flux Reservoir for being in every goddamn competitive commander deck. F that card. That's not an anti shout out. That's an action. That's well, that is an anti shout. Yeah, I, but I have to get more of it now to put it into more decks. <laughs> Quit it. Should we move on? I suppose we should. What should we move on to? Main course. Main course. Like deck the, list. The deck. The Lord Windgrace deck. Lord Windgrace dot deck. Helmed by Lord Windgrace himself. Not yet. No. Why not? Uh, he doesn't exist yet. He's. I think to our knowledge, he's only. Printed on one card. Yeah. <laughs> Which is because he was important to the magic storyline. He was involved in lots of the big events yeah. across magic you history. I, I think I think that we owe him a brief, like we did with Karn last week, two-minute explanation. Who's taking it? I'll take this one. Lord Windgrace is a panther man, not to be confused with a cat man, who is older than Urza. He lived in Urborg when Urborg was a forest. And then the Silex or whatever it was. The Golgothian Silex that exploded in Argoth and created the Ice Age sunk Urborg down to be a swamp. And so it's a swamp now. He was one of the nine titans that Urza recruited to fight the Phyrexian invasion. During that, when Urza kind of went nuts and started betraying everybody, one of the dudes that got killed, I can't remember his name right now. F that guy. This guy had been cloned five times, one for each color of mana. So there was like six of him running around, and then he got killed. And so him, his planeswalker body couldn't be turned into a Phyrexian machine. Windgrace cut his heart out, took the heart, and stuck it in his own chest. Badass. Right? That sounds like a metal album cover. Some panther dude cutting some other dude's heart out and putting it in his own self. Yeah. From there, Windgrace went back to Urborg, where you didn't really hear too much from him until the Time Spiral Crisis, which was when all of these moments in magic history were like overlaying themselves back onto Dominaria, and the Planeswalkers on Dominaria were fighting to stop it, where Windgrace was using the slivers and a whole bunch of other just crazy things that had come out of the rifts, uh, one of which was the Phyrexian Furnace Layer, or whatever the, whatever the Phyrexians come from, and Wrath, where all the Slivers lived, and he was using the Slivers and all these other creatures to fight the Phyrexians off again and sabotage all of the artificial constructs that had appeared in Urborg to keep them from having material to build more war machines with. From there, Windgrace used his spark to close the rift and vanished forever, saying that he will forever be looking over Urborg, and that is all. Until August 2018. Or... July 2018 on this show. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so, Windgrace is not a card. Windgrace is not a Planeswalker card. He's not a legendary anything. He doesn't exist yet. So in the playing of this deck, 
we are taking on the Lord, the, the role of Lord Windgrace, and these are the things that he would use to crush other Planeswalkers or your opponents. And this is actually what he did use. When I looked at the list, and it, it was before I kind of briefed myself on Lord Windgrace's story, and I said, Brando, you better have a damn good reason for building a sliver deck. <laughs> All, one, it's a sliver deck, and I love sliver decks. So, so CCO Nation, before you turn the episode off... <laughs> <laughs> Hear us out because it, it's a little bit themey, but there's some actually good includes. And then there's a couple alternate win conditions that I appreciate and I didn't immediately see at first. So we could maybe start with some quick hits. We sure could. And they'll be extra quick because lots of them are just like slivers. Yeah, <laughs> super great. So let's hit, the, let's hit the creature suite. Or before we do that, should we talk about who Windgrace has decided to lead his armies into battle first? Uh, yeah, let's do that. We actually picked a Rakdos Lord of Riots to get black and red, Rack Daddy. It actually got us a couple other interesting includes. Yes. So and and we'll talk about that when we when we touch on like the critical turn of the deck because turns out Rakdos really fast. Yeah, Rakdos can beat wholesale ass real quick. If you don't know anything else about him, here's everything you need to know about him. Yep. He's a 6-6 flying trampler for black, black, red, red. That's four mana, everybody. Four. But you can't cast him unless an opponent has taken damage this turn. Seems easy when all of your one and two and three drops do damage to things. So that's a pretty good creature. Should we move on or... or... But wait, there's more! Oh, I thought that was a flavor text. Nope. Let's, let's just read that real quick. Creature spells you cast cost one less to cast for each one life your opponents have lost this turn. So excellent. It's like <laughs> Animar. It's like Rakdos Animar. It's like Rakdamar. I just made that up. I like that. That's good. Yep. Rakamar. Wait, Rakamar. Rakamar. Isn't Rakamar already? Rakamar. Isn't he already a magic creature, Rakamar? Or am I just making that up? Yeah, that's Malfagor. Not close. Not to be confused with Rakamar, the 2-2 two, two for red, red, 2 makes elemental tokens. That's Rakamar. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we could be game designers. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we probably could be. We're we're pretty sweet at this. All right, let's let's hit some creatures. Let's hit some creatures quick. For sure. Let's do the slivers. Let's bang through the slivers. Then we'll talk about the Rakdos includes. Then we'll talk about some spicy includes. Check. Acidic sliver. Okay. So hold on. All slivers. Whatever we say about them, they do it for all slivers. Yes. That's 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 common that's with. How slivers work. I think everybody gets it, right? Yeah, they'll be do all slivers, or some of them will just be your slivers, but... That's still all slivers. Yeah, you're probably the only one playing slivers, so let's just let's just move on with that. We'll start with Acidic Sliver. 2-2 two, two for 2, pay 2, sack, sliver deals 2. Basale Sliver. Sack it, get black, black. That's a combo sliver. Battle Sliver. Slivers get plus 2, plus 0. Oh. Belligerent Sliver. Gives all slivers menace. Blade Sliver. Gives slivers plus 1, plus 0. Oh. Blur Sliver. Gives slivers haste. Bone splitter sliver. Gives slivers plus two plus oh. Clot sliver. Regenerate slivers for two. That's a good one, actually. That's an underrated sliver right there. Absolutely it is. Crypt sliver. That's the better clot sliver. Tap a sliver to regenerate a sliver. Frenzy sliver. Gives slivers plus one plus oh when they attack. Fury sliver. Double strike sliver. Ghost flame sliver. Weird include. Gives them colorless. Heart sliver. Gives them haste. Hunter's liver. Provoke. That's when they block, they need to get it uh, blocked by something. Leeching sliver. Good sliver. Defending player loses one life when they attack. Magma sliver. 
gives them plus X plus zero for each other sliver when they attack. No, when you tap it. Said sliver. If you control a swamp, slivers get plus one plus one and gain black. Regenerate another sliver regenerator. That'll all that'll all be explained in due time. It's mm. important here. All will be revealed. Spectral sliver. Slivers get uh, shade breathing. Yeah, it's like crappy fire, but they get artifact breathing. Pay two, give it plus one plus one. Spitting sliver. First strike sliver. Striking sliver. First strike sliver again. Siphon sliver. Lifelink sliver. Interesting. Thorncaster sliver. When sliver attacks, deals one damage to whatever you want. Toxin sliver. That's death touch sliver? Cannot be regenerated from death touch sliver. Whoa. Better death touch. Two-headed sliver. Uh, gives a menace again. Vampiric sliver. That's when a creature dealt damage to a sliver has died this turn. Put a plus one plus one counter on that sliver, right? That's like old school vampire. That's it's how they worked. It's like shitty vampire. So that's all the slivers. That's fine. You're missing some of the best slivers and the combo slivers in blue and green, but we don't care because we've got a ton of redundancy and the lack of card draw in this deck is made up for with like quality. You're getting just a random like two, two, three, three for like two or three mana, but the more you play, the better they get. I mean, that's why slivers are good. They incrementally just become awesome. And with this deck, one of the reasons why I put so many regenerate guys in is because all of the lords only boost the front end. So you're attacking with nine threes. Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, it's probably you run it out like an aggro deck because you've got so much buff in the front that one wrath is going to blow you out, right? You're going to be in. You're going to be having a hard time. There's a little bit of ways to come back from that, but it, it's hard. Okay, let's look at some of the other creatures. We have an archetype of aggression. Creatures you control have trample. Creatures your opponents control can't get trample and lose trample. It's a three, two for three. How about corrosive mentor? That's black creatures you control have wither. A little bit of a non-bow with ghost flame sliver because it makes everything colorless. Yes. All will be revealed? Nope, that one is just there in case you don't play them both at the same time. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Very good. Sounds like excellent deck building. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. I just need another sliver that was a 2-2 for 2 for ghost flame because sometimes you just need those cheap ones. Oh, yeah, you got to just drop them and swing. How about a cryptgast? Extort. And is a 2-2 for black 3, doubles your swamps when you tap them for mana. And Extort is amazing with Rakdos. Uh, yeah, whenever you cast a spell, you can pay black in this deck. If you do, each opponent loses a life and you gain that much life. Yeah. Super duper good. I actually like that with an enchantment that's in the deck that's going to fill your hand up. <laughs> we talked about this guy on an earlier show, and I believe we hated him a lot. But in a Rakdos deck, maybe Dread Caco Demon ain't so bad. 8-8 eight, eight for black, 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 7. Ooh. Realistically, it's black, black, black for when Dread Caco Demon enters the battlefield. If you cast it from your hand, that's important, destroy all creatures your opponents control and tap everything else that you control. It's pretty good. Notably, you don't tap him. You just tap everything else you control. But more notably, you kill everything that they have. Yes. So you get an 8-8 for black, black, black that kills everything? Probably pretty good. It's nothing wrong with that. Flavor include. We have Pourage of Urborg. What the hell? It's from Mirage, so it has to be good. Right. Uh, black, black 3 for a 2-3. First strike when it attacks. Okay. <laughs> black, 
Put a plus one, plus one counter on Parage of Urborg. Use this ability only when a black spell is successfully cast and only once for each spell. That is a flavor include. That is a flavor <laughs> include. She was the, the Panther people were the, with the cat people, whoever cat people are from on Dominaria. And they were kicked out because everybody didn't like them because... They were bad. Lots of people in ma- in magic lore are not, you know, kind to people who are different than them, we'll say. Panther people moved to Urborg. Paraj was one of their leaders, and she was notoriously vicious, liked to murder and execute ki- uh, prisoners and stuff. You, you were going to say was, kittens. I was going to say kittens, yes. But then you were like, oh, wait, she's a cat. That would be yeah, weird. That would, that's like killing babies. And we don't talk about killing babies here on CCO Podcast. But that's she was the leader of the cat people, and then when Grace came along and was like, "Hey, cut that out." F you, Mirage. So, so she's the cat person that cat, I included. Cat boobs, <laughs> and <laughs> she's not terrible. And it's got a cool art on it, oh, and yeah. it's a Mirage card. Yeah, all of those things are good. Next, we've got a Rakdos Ick Spitter. Okay, one one for black red one tap deals one damage to target creature and that creature's controller. Yeah, and they lose one life. So they they, they lose, yeah, they lose a life. It deals a damage to a creature, and that creature's controller loses a life. So it can remove crappy mana dorks or you know regular mana dorks, and it turns Rakdos on. Ah, uh, I like the turn Rakdos part on the the best. Yes, me too. How about a Void Winnower? Void Winnower made a special appearance in Yidris Eldrazi Tribal deck from a couple weeks ago. Eleven nine for nine when you cast it, your opponents can't cast spells with converted mana costs that are even which includes zero drops and your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs just a weird card how much does she cost in this deck ryan zero yeah who else costs zero we have oldamog ulamog the infant gyre 11 drop for 11 drop for zero (laughs) what (laughs) 10 10 destroys a permanent when he enters the battlefield if no, sorry, when, when you cast them. You have to cast them. Indestructible, always good. Annihilator 4, Ooh. always good. <laughs> and uh, if he dies, you shuffle your graveyard back into your library. Fine. We also play Nulamog, 10-10, this time for zero. <laughs> <laughs> also, when you cast him, exile two target permanents. Two! He's so brutal. And he's indestructible. And, and he mills you for 20 if he hits you. What the hell? For nothing. God damn. For nothing. So excellent. We are also playing a bunch of functional reprints. Uh, we'll just name them all and then Ron will tell you what to do. We play a Vicious Conquistador, Night Market Lookout, Pulse Tracker, and Mardu Shadow Spear. So all of those are one drops. They hit your opponent for one, but also when they either when they become tapped or when they attack... They also make everybody lose a life. So even if they don't connect, everybody's lost life, and it turns Rakdos on. Exactly. And it immediately makes all your creatures cost four less. Yeah, or five if they actually do connect. And part of your ability... No, sorry, three or four if they connect. And part of the the fun in playing them with all these kind of slivers who are sort of junky, it turns that, oh, it's only a three, three, plus two in the front sliver for five. Now it's for one. Now it's for one, so it's like a giant growth for your whole team. It's pretty good. Yep. Uh, Rakdos staples there. When we look at the uniqueness rating or the cards in this deck that are different than the EDH deck, the EDHrec.com deck, all the slivers are different, 
but all of those Mardu shadow spears and pulse trackers and stuff, those are all in the stock list. Yeah, and there's a reason for that, and it's because they make your Ulamog cost nothing. Yeah, they're the most efficient way to both get Rakdos out on turn two or three or four, whatever, they turn them on, and then if they did connect, your your Rakdos or your, your guys are way less. Now, you say Rakdos on turn two or three, we can't do that in this deck, and there's a reason for that. That reason being, there is no artifact acceleration in it. Lord Windgrace hates artifacts. Lord Windgrace spent all of his time in Urborg sabotaging artifacts and making sure that there weren't any around for the Phyrexians to use to retake Dominaria or get a foothold in them. So I didn't play any artifacts in the deck. There are there, There's two, technically. They are Heart of Ramos. Three drop, taps for red, or sacrifices also for red. And a Heartstone. It's uh, three drop, makes activated abilities cost one less. Makes your, like, regenerate slivers regenerate for one instead of two. I think more notably or more importantly in this deck, they're both hearts. So there's your two hearts. Lord Windgrace uh-huh. has one, and the dude that he saved from Phyrexian Unlife also. Uh, so two flavor. hearts and both pseudo-functional. Both functional in the deck. Heartstone is great in any Sliver deck, and Heart of Ramos is a good in any red deck. Sweet. No other artifacts, so we would move directly to, I don't know, what do you want to do, enchantments? Let's do the enchantments. We have Aggravated Assault. Three drop, pay five, get another combat phase. It also combos with something. How about Corrosion? I'm contorting my face because I don't know what this card does, which is exceedingly uncommon. Did it. You did. I know that it has cumulative upkeep one, and it's an enchantment from Vision, so you know it's good. Red, black, one, novel of text. Read it. During your upkeep, you put a rust counter on each artifact target opponent controls. If the number of rust counters on an artifact equals or exceeds that artifact's casting cost, you bury it. And bury is old school magic talk for sacrifice. So it gets rid of all that indestructible artifact crap. And if it leaves play, you remove all rust counters from the game. You put a rust counter? Rust counter. On each? On each. The target player controls. It's that game we were playing last week with Smitty where he had you with all those indestructible artifacts. God, F you, Smitty. It'd take some time, but it gets you there. No, I was playing mono artifact decks. It would have got me to... <laughs> target player. doesn't get you. <gasps> target player. So much better. Yeah. Corrosion. There's the hidden gem. There it is. Potential. Potential. Card of the week. Ooh. Potential. Now I mean, that I said that, it won't be. <laughs> FYR. That'd be a good Atraxa card if yeah. it wasn't red. Yeah, it got red in it, though. How about Death Grip? Black, black. Enchantment. Pay black, black. Counter target, green spell. Weird include. Now, it's there, again, flavor significance, because Urborg was a forest. Now it's a swamp, and swamps probably hate forests. Swamps hate trees. It's probably jealous of forests. It's like, I want to be a forest, too. Screw you, Lanoir. Yeah. Yeah. Death Grip. Death Grip is good. How about Necropotence? Badass. I'm so happy you put this in here because the deck is a significantly lacking card draw. Necropotence, enchantment for black, black, black. Skip your draw step. If you would discard a card, exile it instead. Who cares about all that stuff? The good part, pay one life. Essentially, you draw a card. You don't. You, ex- you exile something from the top of your library until end of turn. At end of turn, you put it all into your hand. So you draw it at the end of turn. It's, it's essentially... Pay one life, draw one card. So just, good. Just a delay. It's so good, and it's super good, believe it or not, with Cryptcast, 
because you're filling your grip back up. You got double mana with Cryptgast, and every little dinky sliver that you play actually just turns into a drain for one, a drain and gain, and that makes Rakdos turn on, and it makes your Ulamog that you maybe drew with Necropotence free. How good is that? Yeah. Uh, I love that so stuff. So Necropotence, all-star in black. I mean, play it in almost every black deck. You could probably get away with it in any deck. If it was heavy on black, you could definitely play it. Yeah, for sure. Also, flavorful include because you're paying your life in order to do an insanely cool thing, which is what Windgrace did, to shut the rift in Urborg. Oh, good include. Next up, we have a pair of enchantments. We'll just do them together. We have Pestilence and Pyrohemia. Hmm. Kind of seems like a non-bow with your slivers, but maybe if they're big enough or you can regenerate them enough. Anyways, red, red, or black, black, plus two. At the end of turn, if there are no creatures in play, you sacrifice them, and they collectively do either pay a black or pay a red. Deals one damage to each creature and each player. Maybe could be good with the combo that we're going to talk about in a second if you just drained somebody with uh, extort and gained a bunch of life so you have more life than them could be a thing could be very good also it's really good when you're on the i really need an ulamog and i really need it to be free train oh yeah i like that because it deals one damage to every player yeah so you just pump five into it and deal five to three other opponents and now your spells get a 15 mana discount yeah, and you've wasted the board probably Ulamog yeah, comes in, kills so. anything that's left. Other Ulamog comes in, kills everything that's left. And now you're sitting there with two indestructible bros, and they got shit. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like that lots. Yeah, it's. I think that's uh, it's a good card advantage engine, again, in a deck that doesn't draw a whole ton of cards. Yes. Next up, we have total flavor include, just because it has our man on the front, Planeswalker's Fury. Yeah, this is like the only card that has Wind Grace on it. It's a three-drop enchantment from Plane Shift. I'm collecting that set. <laughs> red, two, and uh, you pay a red and three. Target opponent re reveals a card in their hand at random, and then Planeswalker's Fury does damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to them. Yeah. That'd be sweet if you had infinite mana and you could just make them reveal the same card over and over and over and over again. Wouldn't it? Yep. I wish we could do that in this deck. Moving on. Reign of Gore. That is a two-mana enchantment, black-red. If a spell or ability would cause its controller to gain life, that player loses that much life instead. Also a non-bow with our extort, but just don't play them at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I who, I like to do the opposite ways, or not opposite, alternate ways to win. And I realize that this is a non-bow with some of, our, some of our dudes, but you can hang on to it and chuck it for something else. Or... If you run into that white deck or the white weenie token strategy that's just outgaining you and you just can't damage them fast and enough. And that's that's kind of a thing right now, right? Like that black, white, gain life dot deck. It sometimes, seems to be everywhere. Sometimes you just have to pack hate. Like if you're not playing against another green deck, who cares about death grip? But if you're playing against Omnath, death grip is your all-star. Reign of Gore, non-bow with most of the rest of the deck, but when you run into that black, white life gain strategy, it's going to save your ass at the cost of not very much because your deck is cheap, it's streamlined, and it's good to go. And if you draw one dead card, it's not the end of the world so long as you're playing correctly. I think that's fine. And lastly, in the enchantment section, we have Shared Animosity. Excellent card. Uh, this obviously is because you're playing Sliver Aggro or, or any aggro whatever. Tribal Aggro. Sure. Red 2, 
Whenever a creature you control attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until, or sorry, plus one, plus zero until end of turn for each other attacking creature that shares a type with it. So it kind of is like Magma Sliver 2.0. Yes, Magma okay. Sliver, you have to tap the slivers to make the other slivers bigger, whereas this one, they just they get just big get it. For If you're attacking with five slivers, all attacking slivers are getting plus five, plus zero. Yes. Uh, that's kind of like well, a Beastmaster Ascension. Kinda, yeah. It's like uh, it turns them all into little mini pile drivers. Yeah, I like that. I like that for sure. Instance. Instance. Terminate. Terminate. Black red destroy target creature can't be regenerated. Comet storm. Red red X multi kicker one choose target creature or player then choose another target creature or player for each time it was kicked. So you just pay one mana to fork it essentially, right? Deals X damage target creature or player. And remember, this is the instant section. It's an instant. So you could technically instant speed board wipe your opponent and then swing in next turn. Or maybe there's a way to generate a ton of mana outside of just that crypt gas that we talked about. Perhaps. Moving this on. Card is super versatile. Definitely worth including in some decks. Now maybe you could make a lot of mana by playing something like, I don't know, re reiterate. Instant. Red, red, one. Buyback three. Huh. Copy target instant or sorcery. Choose new targets. But then you buy it back. What would you copy? If you were me, what would you copy? If I was you, Ryan, I would pick something totally obscene like Mana Geyser. Hmm. Sorcery for red, red three. Add red to your mana pool for each tapped land your opponents control. I can't see that ending up being anything too bad for anybody else. I have seen Mana Geyser make you... 17 or 19 mana over the five that you spent on it. So, whatever. You make 10 mana on it. That's a middle case scenario, maybe. Playing against three opponents. You use six of them to cast Reiterate with Buyback. And you have four mana left floating in your pool. And you get another Mana Geyser to give you 10 more mana. You Reiterate with Buyback to get another Mana Geyser. Reiterate with buyback, another mana geyser. Hmm. Sounds like it's infinite. <laughs> yes, it does. So you how many how many mana do you need to make it worth it? Eleven. Like do you need you need eleven to play that combo. You need to have your opponents have seven tapped lands between all of them in order to go infinite with it. Seven tapped lands with three opponents is like two and two and three. That isn't uncommon that will that will happen three and three and three will give you nine mana off of your mana geyser but you only need seven by the time that you're to a point where you have 11 mana to do this that's going to happen okay yeah. so it's it's an alternate win con we yes. always talk about alternate win conning yes we talked about uh, okay so you got infinite mana there you've got a comet storm so if you don't want to use it to instant speed end to turn board wipe your opponent you could use it just to split it three ways to three different opponents' faces. Yes. What else do we got that can do something like that? We have that aforementioned aggravated assault. Oh, yeah, that's In neat. Infinite combat steps, so you never stop attacking ever. You just load them on top of each other in main phase one. Yep. We got pyrohemia, so if you have more life than anybody else, you brando removal the table. That's my favorite thing to and, do. And pestilence. And pe well, pestilence is black mana. This only gives you red. Oh, that's right. If you've got some black kicking around, though, we have an exsanguinate. Black, black, X. Each opponent loses X life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. That actually can be how you gain your life. 
to then pyrohemia the table. Yes. <laughs> you also have a torment of hailfire. Black, black, X. Repeat the following X times. Each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices a non-land permanent or discards a card. So if X is like a thousand, they just sacrifice X permanents, sacrifice uh, or discard X cards, and then the rest goes in chunks of three life. Yeah, right to the dome. Yeah. Bolt them to death. Or... Personal favorite. When I initially thought up the combo, I'm like, how am I going to... like thought of using this combo here. Where What am I going to dump it all into this like Wind Grace theme? How about Planeswalker's Fury? So sick. So you just get them to reveal the last card in their hand or random card in their hand infinite amount of times. And eventually it's going to kill them unless they have no cards or their only card is a, is a land. And That's, then that's why to... you just dump all your life into Necropotence and... You'll have something else, I'm sure. I'm sure by then you'll be able to play, replay Rakdos and dump your Ulamog or do whatever. You'll do something to win after that. But it's it's pretty cool. Chances are if you pick a player that's got like six or seven cards in hand and it's like turn eight or 11 or whatever it is, they're going to have non-land cards. Yes. And then you just do it infinite times. And they could reveal their land a thousand of those times. But if they also reveal, you know, their whatever, they're, a thousand times, they're, they're going to take a thousand damage. Oh, Crater Hoof Behemoth, boo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll get them. Super so, sick. Let's do the rest of the sorceries, then we got a couple Planeswalkers. Excellent. Sorcery, Flame Rift. Four damage to each player for two mana. Ashes to ashes. You take five, but then you get to exile two creatures for three mana. Patriarch's bidding. Oh, black, black, three. Each player chooses a creature type, then returns each creature of that type from their graveyard to the battlefield. Sorcery, so you can't hit your Eldrazi's that are about to shuffle back into your library, but you can pick Sliver. Yep. Super good. That's a good rebuild. Shatterstorm. Destroys all artifacts. Very wind gracie and actually a good card. Subterranean Tremors. There's another X card that we could use. Red X. Subterranean Tremors deals X damage to each creature without flying, so it's a Wrath. If X is four or more, and it would be, destroy all artifacts. Cool. So it's it's uh, Shatterstorm number two. And if X is eight or more, you get an eight-eight lizard? Yeah. Okay. Destroy all artifacts, get Godzilla, wrap the board. Sweet. Neat. Next up, Vandal Blast. Destroys all artifacts again. It destroys target artifact for red or overload for red four, destroys all artifacts. Classic in red. Play it. And lastly, we have... Void. Void. Originally from Invasion, mech suit in the art. I'm sure it was Lord Windgrace in the mech suit. Choose a number. Destroy all artifacts and creatures with converted mana cost equal to that number, right? Then target player reveals his or her hand and discards all cards with uh, that converted mana cost. I think that you, and it's, it's red, black, three. What if you go void, zero? Destroys all artifacts and creatures with converted mana, so you're not going to hit anything, but you're going to eliminate their hand of zero things, which would be all their lands, and then you Planeswalker Fury them. <laughs> <laughs> janky combo got even jankier. Yes. Welcome to CCO Nation. <laughs> I think that's the deck, right? Nope, no, there's Planeswalkers. A- i got a couple of Planeswalkers in here. One of them is for a little bit of card advantage and land ramp to kind of keep you on those lands. Don't mind that. Liliana of the Dark Realms. Black, black, two for a three loyalty. Her plus one is search for a swamp and put it into your hand. Minus three is target creature gets plus X plus X or 
minus x minus x, and that's equal to the number of swamps you control. And then her minus six, okay, is you get an emblem that swamps you control have tapped for four black. It's not bad. It's not terrible. Yeah, you, I think I think you only ever just plus her and plus her and plus her. So eventually you can get some card advantage out of her. If you get to the point where you can get her emblem and maybe keep. Actually, I think if, if you can get the emblem, you take the emblem. I think it cut, takes you th on the fourth turn you have her, you get her emblem. I don't think that that's very good, but I do think that she sucks up a little bit of attack damage. So you might be at a higher life total, and then you can pestilence your way to to the win. Yes. Or or Pyrohemia or whatever your way to the win. Just because you're at, you know, thirty eight and everybody's at like thirty two. With the new planeswalker targeting rule, could I have a planeswalker in play, pestilence a whole bunch of times, and redirect all of it to Liliana, or just the three, let's just say that she has on her for loyalty? I don't think that Pestilence and Pyrohemia can do that because they didn't get errated. They weren't part of like the six hundred cards or whatever that got errated to do that. Oh. But I, I'm not 100% sure on how the Planeswalker redirection rule changed to say the Planeswalker can still take the damage. Should we should we call Joel? Ugh. We haven't called anybody in a long time. Should we do call the judge section? I just <laughs> waved my hands like a banner. And now you know. Bling. Yeah. Let's call Joel. What if Joel doesn't answer? Then we'll call less good Joel, Ben. All right. You have reached Joel Smith. Well, F you, Joel. Hello? Hey, man. We have a judge question for you because you're a judge. And we couldn't get Joel. Yeah. Cool. What's up? Okay, so new Planeswalker redirection rule. <clears throat> yeah. Could you, in theory, have like a Pestilence or a Pyrohemia out, activate it, and, tar and and redirect or, or make it so your own Planeswalker takes damage instead of you taking the damage. Beyond yeah. the number of loyalty counters that they have. Like, I'm going to yeah. activate Pestilence a thousand times. Fuck you, Liliana. Yeah. No, sorry. No. Can't you, no. Can't you do it and then in response do it again and then in response do it again and just stack everything on top of the previous one and then they you resolve them individually? Or can you only... Resolve them like that until you kill your Liliana. So, I remember what Pestilence says, but what's the wording on Pyrohemia? It's the exact same thing. Exact same thing. So it's except it's red. So it's one man ideal, one damage to each creature and player. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it affects Planeswalkers anymore. How it, sure are you? So it can't even it can't even hit Planeswalkers at all. At all. What? Yeah. I hate those stupid planeswalkers. Oh. What? This is the worst news ever. And this is a newsroom that we're in. There's been some shitty news in here. Yeah. There's like trapped kids in some Asian country somewhere. And this is the worst thing that you've heard all day. That was yeah. so insensitive of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate you. Well, F you for your help, Ben. Okay, that was... That's disappointing. Ah, stupid everything. They do everything to protect those effing planeswalkers, don't they? Well, they're the face of the brand. Mm -hmm. Burn it off with pyrohemia. Curmudgeon. Right? Yeah. I hate it. You're wearing off on me. <laughs> All right, we do have one last card in the deck. One last planeswalker, and it's a new one. Uh, Arngarth the Flame Chained. Angrath? Angrath? 
Wait, what did I say? I have no idea I what any Arn, of us say. I said Arngarth. Maybe it's Angrath. I think it's Angrath. Now that you said that, I think I've heard that before. Let's go with Angrath. Angrath the Flame Chained? Yeah. Red, black, three. So he costs five for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker Angrath. Plus one. Each opponent discards a card and loses two life. Hello, Rack Daddy. Yeah, turns Rakdos on. Excellent. Minus three. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap it. It gains haste and then sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step if it costs three or less mana. So good. So if you steal a little guy, you kill it after you're done with it. If you steal a big guy, you got to give it back. But it's tapped, and you got to swing with it. And then his minus eight is pretty underwhelming, especially because his minus three is probably the best ability. Uh, minus eight, each opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in their graveyard. And that's only good if you've nulamogged somebody a bunch of times, in which case oh, they're yeah, probably already that's dead. That's actually good. Yeah. Like if you nulamog them a bunch of times and hit them with that, but the odds are you're going to use it to make him chuck a card. You know. Yeah, you're not getting to eight with that guy, especially because he costs five. Like, you're going to go from four to five to six to seven to eight. Like, hello, that's like 95 turns later. You're going to deck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Still not too bad in the deck. So that's that's it. Uh, do... I actually want to touch on just a couple cards in the mana base because you're playing Urborg, Tomb of Yogmoth. You're Natch. playing Natch, yeah. You're playing Urborg Volcano, originally from Invasion, so sick, and then you're playing OG Urborg. Not a good card, no reason to play it other than it gives you a black mana. Target creature loses Swamp Walk or First Strike until end of turn. So in very niche cases, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, somebody's playing Filth just because they didn't have that extra copy of Anger or Brawn or Wonder (laughs) or Glory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's fine. There's also a Volrath Stronghold, which I believe was on Wrath. It was on Wrath, so potentially it could have been overlaid onto some of Urborg. And it also gives you the uh, recursion if your slivers are getting killed. You can get the good ones back on top, play them again. You could actually return your Ulamog in response to its shuffle-in trigger to the top of your library to get it again as well. So not a terrible card. That's why it costs like $80. So is Lake of the Dead. That's in here. It gives you four black mana for sacrificing a swamp. Also $80. I'm only mentioning those two because they are super expensive. And I think a little bit we're going to gloss over the budget section because the deck's pretty cheap. It's super budget except for a couple of land cards. And except the, and for the a couple Eldrazi of land Titans. cards. And, I mean, yeah, the, the Eldrazi Titans. If you cut both of them, you're saving like 70 bucks. If you cut the Valrath Stronghold and Lake of the Dead for... I don't know. Pick your two utility lands. Maybe you pick... Is there a sliver utility land? Sliver hive? Sliver hive? Yeah. Is that expensive? It's like five bucks. That's better than 75 bucks. That's true. So you could cut... So we're looking at the cost of the deck in total. And I mean, if you cut the th- the two Eldrazi Titans, if you cut the Valrath Stronghold and Lake of the Dead, you're already saving yourself like 200 bucks right there. Then if you cut the Scorched Ruins, $20. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, it's a cool card, but there's not really any way to abuse it in the deck, right? Yeah, I got it. I, kick, I got one kicking around, and it gets you to your reverber, your reiterate mana guys are faster. Exactly. And if you don't like playing infinite combos, I mean, you could probably cut the reiterate there and maybe do like a, 
uh, a Nurkana Revenant or whatever the other black mana doubler is. Yeah. Um, you could play Cabal Stronghold instead of Cabal Coffers and save yourself probably 30 bucks there too. Like we're talking about a deck that's under 150 bucks just with these few cuts. Yeah, and you, and I mean, if you're going to cut the Eldrazi Titans and play this list, you could probably just drop Rakdos and play a different general. Well, I was going to say you could probably just take some of the Rise of the Eldrazi uncommon Eldrazi's because yeah. they all we, have Annihilator. Like Reality Smasher we talked about. Yeah, and um, Bane of ba uh, Bane of Balaged is a new Eldrazi but that has Annihilator but not the keyword Annihilator. It still has it. They just wrote it out because Annihilator wasn't in the set. Right. Um, so there's still ways to get that Annihilator that's so powerful. You could play Endless One. It doesn't have Annihilator but it could be a giant, giant based on how much damage yeah. you've done to Endless somebody. Endless One is legitimately just Power and toughness equal to the number of damage your opponents have taken with Rakdos. Yeah. That's why um, Mega Trader to Mortals in Rakdos proper is good because you cast it, target opponent loses X life, and it's black, 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 X. It's a creature that just doubles somebody's damage, right? Um, you could play Heartless Hitted Sugo and the new pirate guy that makes somebody lose a third, or all your opponents lose a third of their life when he enters a battlefield. That gives you more life than other players and uh, goes good with your Pestilence and your Pyrohemia. Nice. Those are regular Rakdos staples, though, because, you know, I think that Rakdos is kind of an expensive build because it wants to jam as many of those big Eldrazi in there as it can, and it wants to run as few mana as possible. So it's going to run your, your dual lands and your fetch lands and your shock lands so it can get away with playing, like, 32 or 3 land, right? Yeah, things like Scorched Ruins. <laughs> yes, they're so terrible. Yeah. But so good. Strengths and weaknesses? Strengths and weaknesses. Touched on the budget there. I think that that's fine. I think it's a good budget. I think there's a lot of redundancy in the deck with mm -hmm. the slivers, right? And while the card advantage isn't there, the card quality advantage is there because the more times you play a sliver, whatever sliver it is, the better every other card in your deck gets. Which is cool about slivers. Yeah, and that's why everybody hates them. Because yeah. you don't need card advantage to have the best cards. You don't need to dig to find good cards. You just dig, you just get a card and it makes everything else better. And it always, I think it's a good, like, magic as a magic player. I really like it when everything I do impacts everything else I've done. It always feels like you're building something. As mm. opposed to, I have this dude and this dude and this dude. We're gonna go. We're gonna also look at the flip side of that in the weakness section in, in just a minute. Yes. Strength though, low to the ground. I think it plays the low game like Rakdos decks can. It's got low to the ground slivers that you're making even cheaper, and it's got all those little guys like Pulse Tracker. I've done probably twenty damage with a Pulse Tracker because it hits people every single turn. Yeah. And you pick the guy with no blocks, or you yeah. spot remove their one block and get in there, and four or five damage. It starts piling up. Yep. And again, when you think about, like, think of a, a, a card like Flame Rift. Two mana deals four damage to each player. When you look at your, each opponent takes three damage, you just did 12. So again, if you had like an Endless One, you're casting Endless One for 12, right? For nothing. You declare that it's 12, and then Rakdos reduces it backwards from 12, equal to the number of damage they took, and then it's free. So good. Woohoo! <laughs> Opportunity for super high-end, like Rack Daddy proper lists, right? We talked about the big Eldrazi's. We talked about the Mega Trader to Mortals. This deck can still do that. 
Sure can. And it, you know what? I think it does X in a different way. It's got an infinite combo. It does the exanguinate. It's really cool. Weakness. You can really whiff on Rakdos decks, though. Yes. Because they just turn you off of Rakdos. They just eliminate them, exile them, can't cast them, kill them a couple times, and like red, red, black, black, four. Red, red, Ooh. black, black, six. That's really hard for a Rakdos deck to cast. Yeah. And it's difficult in this deck, especially because I'm sure this is another weakness of this particular build. There is no ramp. No ramp. And traditionally, you don't need a whole ton of ramp in it, but then it makes it feel like a little bit of a glass cannon, right? So if you want to beat a Rakdos deck, you just keep them off a of Rakdos. And then they have to beat you with like their two twos and three threes, the ones that are supposed to be there to turn Rakdos on. That, I mean, that's the sacrifice, right? The super high, fast top end, like turn four, two Eldrazi top end versus, uh, oh shit, you got me. Yeah, <laughs> right? versus, okay, I'll pay five for the sliver. Yeah, exactly. That's all, yeah. Lack of card draw. Now, you kind of make up for it with card quality, like I mentioned. You kind of make up for it with Necropotence. Yeah. It's probably like the best card draw engine in the game, maybe outside of Ad Nauseum, if you build your deck around Ad Nauseum. Um, but I think that, I think that's kind of okay because the card quality with slivers is there and then Patriarch's bidding is there because you're kind of playing tribal. I'm playing tribal all day minus the, the, again, the top end Eldrazi guys. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's worth including like, uh, like undead Cerberus, like when it dies, you get everything from your graveyard back into your hand. You, you chump block or you unprofitably attack with your undead Cerberus, and it'll get in because they don't want you to get your entire graveyard back. Yeah. Right? It gets in. Maybe if you have, like, a sack outlet or if it gets in for five and then you pestilence it away, you get all your slivers back, and then you start casting them on the cheap because you got in for five plus five pestilence. That's probably okay. I was actually thinking when I was first putting it together, maybe I could rock a Balthor the Defiled. Oh, yeah! One but, of my favorites. And the reason I didn't play him was because I don't know his... He's a legendary creature. He's a character. Yep. And I don't know if at any point he ever hit Wind Grace's no. thing. I don't know if he was a Phyrexian guy. I don't know. He was a little bit after. So... Yep. Good include, guy. though, because he gets black and red creature back from everybody's graveyard. Yeah. Super sweet card. Artifact Destruction, talked about that with Vandal Blast, Subterranean Tremors, and... Shatterstorm. Shatterstorm. That was the other thing I wanted to touch on in the strengths. It, uh, black and Black's not good at that, but red is. Is it worth it? Is this a theme include if you go to the Phyrexians and say, hey, you can destroy some of your own artifacts in CCO Staples, Gate to Phyrexia, and Phyrexian Tribute? I did oh. think about both of those, uh -huh. but... Again, on flavor, didn't play them. Because they're Phyrexians. Yeah, they're flavor excludes. Oh, that's, no. That's why they're not here. Those Phyrexians, man, they can they can find out a way to do anything. <laughs> Good salesman. I like them. Another thing that I didn't play that I really wanted to in this deck, again, because I wanted some redundancy, was Shieldred. Oh, and but she's a Phyrexian. She's a Preator, so yeah. F that bitch. How about card of the week now? Do you mean card, card of the, of the week? Week, week, week? What do you think? I think Void. I like Void, too. Void, originally printed in Invasion, that's why I like it, and that's why I know what it was for, is black, red, three, sorcery, choose a number, destroy all artifacts and creatures with that converted mana cost that your opponent controls. 
Choose a number, destroy all artifacts and creatures with that converted mana cost. Then, target player reveals his or her hand and discards all non-land cards with that converted mana cost. We talked about using it for non-land cards earlier in the show. Can't actually do that to get them out of somebody's hand. But, creature on the battlefield with zero converted mana cost, it's going to get those, notably a Dryad Arbor. Or a Sapperling token. Sapperling token. Tokens have, most tokens have zero converted mana cost. So that's actually good. Back in the day, it was used to get um, um, either a Blastoderm or a Sapperling burst out of people's hands if you're on the play or if you're on the go. Because uh, Sapperling burst was five mana and Blastoderm is four mana. So if you were playing before the Blastoderm player, you have five and they have four mana still. What else would it get? It was in Masks Block and Standard. Uh, and and invasion block standard. I didn't play standard back then. It would it could also get like a Frexian Scuda, which is like the best card in Plane Shift. Yeah, super good card. In EDH, it gets everything that costs four. Go through your favorite deck and count all the things that cost four. <laughs> so good, yeah. And this gets all of them. So it's a great card, and it costs eighteen Canadian dollars or fifty U.S. cents. Yeah. So pick those up. What's a foil one? So we're looking at uh, 350 American for an invasion one down to a buck three for a uh, Eternal Masters. Oh, very excellent. So it was printed with shittier art in Eternal Masters. I can't stress that enough how much shittier the the art is. Yeah, let's just let's you and I let's take a minute to look at the invasion one. Oh, it's got a, it's like a mech suit oh, with I told lasers you, it's got and a mech shit. Suit. That is awesome. Yeah, it's one of the few cards in Magic that has a gun and or laser pictured on it. Yeah, I guess so. He doesn't lose very often. Yeah. CCO Nation, look it up. Void, very cool. And you can Google it, and you probably won't see too many nasty things. But don't take my word for it. I feel like you might. You probably would, but hey. If you go Void MTG, yeah, you're probably you safe. Now you're talking. Good. Now you're talking. Should we Should we check out the Milk List? Milk List, as per EDHREC.com, is a listing per converted mana cost of the most popular card at that converted mana cost in the color combination we're looking at. This week, Rack Daddy, Rakdos, Black, Red. At the zero drop slot, we talked about him. Endless one. No. Not playing it. Soul Ring at one. No. Not playing it because you're low to the ground. What's the average converted mana cost of this deck? 3.42. It's skewed because of those big Eldrazi's, which of course cost zero. Rakdos Signet, two. Nope. Phyrexian Arena. Nope. Diabolic Tutor. Nope. Bloodgift Demon. Nope. Sire of Insanity. Nope. Butcher of Malachar. Nope. Decree of Pain. Nope. Blasphemous Act. Nope. Holy Jesus. That's okay. Ten. Kozilek Butcher of Truth. Nope. That one could go in here. It could. But I picked the the Beater Destroyer ones. Again, on theme. Uh, like Ulamog the Infinite Guy at 11. Yes. He is in here. So you have one Milk List. It the Betrays at 12. Nope. It could be in here. Could be. Yeah. Emrakul and Emrakul at 13 and 15. No and no at 13 and 15 or 14 and 15. And then, of course, no Draco at 16, even though he might cost zero. He's an artifact, so he's not in. Correct. One milk list match. Kaboom. That's a, Have we ever had a zero? Yeah, we had to have had. I th- I th- no, I don't think we have. Really? I think the ones that are far enough off usually have a Sol Ring in it. Sol Ring's that, yeah, that great equalizer. Sol Ring. Moving over to EDHREC.com. Rakdos is the number one Rakdos commander. I guess that's appropriate, right? Definitely appropriate. Although, 
Original Rakdos is definitely not the most popular. Original Rakdos, the Defiler. No, oh yeah, I had to, I had to think about what this was about. I didn't. Yeah, no, he's crappy. He's got 138 decks. Yeah, he's he's really bad. So we were talking before the show. We were doing the the spice calculator. We talked about uh, average converted mana cost 3.42, inflated a little bit because of the zero costing Eldrazi's that actually cost 10. Yes. We were saying pods of four. That's totally appropriate for a Rakdos deck. So that's what we said the optimal game size would be. Critical turn because there's no ramp to get you your Rakdos on two or three. So we said Rakdos on four, swing, do damage. Get an Eldrazi on turn five. I think if your Eldrazi isn't exiled, especially if it's like old Ulamog, you probably win that game. Yeah. You attack one player, then the next player, then the next player, and everybody's annihilated four by that point. Yeah, you start off with the guy who you think is going to be the biggest threat. You eliminate him from the game, which you totally can do. Turn five, annihilate four. You're probably going to get him. Air quotes, eliminate him from the game. You're yeah. not going to kill him. Mind you, if you had an infect enchantment, you could. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't. You just eliminate all his permanents, and then you essentially just neuter him. Yeah. And once once they're neutered, I mean, you're still playing stuff after that. All your stuff costs 11 less at that point. So all your slivers, you can start swarming them out, which is the most dangerous things a sliver deck can do, is swarm slivers. And then, I mean, if you did include that endless one over top of the Reign of Gore because you don't play against any life gain in your, your meta... You have a swarm hasted sliver legion and an Ulamog, and you have a 30 30 endless one for your next turn. Sick. That'll do it. Yeah. No tutors. So you don't lose any spice from running no tutors. F yeah. Rakdos loves tutors because you can do damage, tutor, and then play for free. So I wouldn't I wouldn't poo-poo on anybody for doing that either. <laughs> but uh you punch it all into the spice calculator along with your uniqueness rating of fifty-two. Yeah. 52 different cards in the stock Rakdos list because you went Sliver Tribal. Beep, boop, 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 boop. 63. That's pretty good. That's actually really good. It passes the 50 test. Doesn't pass the 75 test, as <laughs> most decks don't. But, um, I mean, ultimately, it's still doing what Rakdos does. Swinging for lots of damage, putting down big fatties. You're doing it in a unique way with Slivers around a theme that I still think is kind of good. Yeah, I think that the theme, I mean, once I really got down and started thinking about, like, how am I going to do this? Oh, my God, I can't play artifacts. I mean, yeah, it slows you down to not play artifacts, but I don't think the deck loses anything by not having them. Yeah, because you still have access to the big Eldrazi, right? Like, you're not getting uh, Steel Hellkite. You're not getting Blightsteel. You're not getting Wormcoil Engine. Um, so you got to be uh, either a little bit more creative with your colorless guys to get them for free or spend the money to get the, the Titans, the Jesuses. <laughs> The G's eye. Yes. Kind of sounds like a final thought of the day. Kind of does. And I think that you actually just did the final thought of the day, so we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Also, before we leave you, please remember to check out Facebook for our wedge auctions. Uh, like, support, share. Anything you want to do, you'll be entered in to win our, our contest of the two foil Kenrith twins from Battle Bond. Battle tested, battle approved. And you'll be helping out a great cause and another member of our community who's uh, done a lot for the community, so we're just trying to do a little bit for him. And remember, those auctions end tonight at around 10 o'clock Saskatchewan time, which is a nether void of pain that I'm not going to get into, so either Google it to see what time it is in Saskatchewan right now or just go to Facebook and check that shit out. More than worth it. 
And the Skuma Altered Soul Ring will end next week. I believe next Tuesday. Uh, again, right after our show airs, it'll be a few hours after that. So you have another week to go in and check that one out. By all means, be a, be a part of that one if you can, too. You only get one chance at a card like this, probably ever. Uh, and again, it's for a great cause to support a good dude. And there we have it. We have beaten Wizards to the punch. We totally beat them to what is probably going to be their green-black planeswalker that helms their green-black planeswalker pre-con- pre-con- pre-constructed deck that they're going to build for us for the next EDH set. So F you, Wizards. We did them first. We did them better. Red, black, rack daddy. Speaking of creative, we're going to be back at you guys next week with another probably off-the-beaten-path Planeswalker. We're going to delve down into the rabbit hole a little further to see if we can find somebody that none of y'all have ever heard of. Build a deck with some more creative and super spicy stuff on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! (laughs) 